everybody, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram, reporting live for duty on November 11th, 2017. Today, I am one year sober. Yes, I am one year sober. By the grace of God, I am free from the chains of alcoholism. Well, not free. I'm always going to be an alcoholic. But for the meantime, I am relieved of my compulsion to drink. And that's major, man. I was an alcoholic for 16 years. Over half my life, I was an alcoholic. Or sorry, in active alcoholism. For over half my life, I was a drinker. Started drinking at the age of 14, you know. Wanted to be like my heroes. Really, I just wanted a relief from the bullshit around me. I had a fucked up childhood. Uh, friends around me were kind of, uh, whatever. Um... Just, uh, I, I always wanted to run away, basically, and I eventually did. I said, fuck you to my surroundings, and I got on a plane, and I moved to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I uh, continued to drink, tried to become an actor and a comic, worked hard at it, but I also had my demons. Like I said, I'm an alcoholic, and um, by the grace of God, I'm one year sober today. You know, I did that through a program and two of the hallmarks of our program are we define alcoholism as number one, you have an allergic reaction to alcohol. That means when you take a drink, you cannot safely say when you'll stop. And number two, you have a mental obsession. With alcohol, meaning you mentally obsize. Obsize? Is that a word? <sighs> All these mental obsessions of the mind make me horny. Well, fuck, that one came out weird. Freudian slip. Anyway, yeah, that's it. So, um, that's what was going on with me. And, uh, today I'm one year sober. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I... You know, I've been plotting and scheming on how to do this podcast. I want to do a podcast about, like, you know, my comedy, my acting, little skits, things I find interesting. And, you know, alcoholism was a big part of my life for the last, you know, 16 years. And I was in full active alcoholism for the last five, meaning I was drunk every single day for five years. Like, no word of a lie. I would drink like, I, I did the math. Like a standard drink is considered, um, well, by Ontario standards, I don't know if it changes around the world, but uh, I think a standard drink universally, I'm pretty sure, it would make sense because, I mean, universally we're all the same. So a standard drink is, um, you know, one bottle of beer, like a th 341 milliliter bottle of beer, you know, a 300, you know, or one shot, one one-ounce shot of hard liquor, or one glass of wine. So those are that's a standard drink. I was drinking 11 standard drinks a day throughout the week. And then on the weekends, I would just go fucking apeshit. I would just fucking titties out, man. Like, I'm just getting trashed, right? And I did that for five years. And on top of which, I was smoking pot. 
and chain smoking cigarettes and eating like garbage food, like a fucking McDonald's breakfast sandwiches and shit, like absolute garbage. And, um, you know, I was homeless in the winter of 2011, the winter of 2011, I lo- I was homeless. I lived in a men's shelter for four months, you know, um, slept on a cot. There was 15 random strangers squeezed into a room and we all had cots and we, I would sleep in a room filled with 15 other men, homeless men from the street, people with mental disorders, people with all sorts of addictions. Like I'm telling you, I had a job where I used to hand out like newspapers in like minus fucking 30 degree weather in Toronto, Canada. I like when I first moved to Toronto to be an actor, like I was fucking broke. And one of my first jobs was like, I was a newsie and I, I handed out like newspapers, right? Like extra, extra, get your fucking newspaper here. And I'm like, I'm handing out these fucking newspapers. And there was this like homeless dude who would like mill about and act all nutty, like right in the alleyway of where I was working. And, um, you know, I was just looking at him. I'm like, wow, man, that guy's really messed up. Like that's kind of fucked. Right. And then lo and behold, that winter, he was my roommate. He like slept next to me in this fucking men's shelter. Insanity, man. And that's what alcoholism is. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, I believe that words carry a lot of weight. And, you know, if you got to be careful of the words you use. And you got to be careful of what you're saying and your thoughts. Because, you know, you can will yourself into, um, you can will yourself into, unhealth right ill health like you know if you're always saying that you're sick or if you're you're insane or this or that these thoughts like that's kind of like that um holistic approach where it's like you're only as good as you feel right so i try not to dwell on that but there was a very insane element to what i was doing like i was getting like just imagine for the next five years of your life you're going to be drunk every single day just imagine what that would look like that's what i'm fresh off the heels of one year, I'm one year sober of that. I was drunk every single day for five years in a row. And then prior to that, I was a fucking binge alcoholic for 11 years. And um, th- that's a pretty crazy element. But, and towards the end of it, what brought me around really was um, I was starting to have like health issues where like I was having anxiety attacks. I had a paranoid episode, right? I was like, <gasps> the sun. <laughs> The sun, it's following me. And people are like, no, there's no, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, the sun, the sun. And like, I would like hide in my apartment and like look out the window. I'm like, the sun, the sun. And you know, like paranoid. I was paranoid of the sun. Which is kind of funny because the sun is following us. Like, isn't it like rotating around us or we rotate around it? I don't know. But I was paranoid of the sun. I, I started having like, I, I started getting all, like I was going to have seances. Like, you know what a seance is? Where it's like, like, you know when Chucky does that thing? <clears throat> Hi, my name's Chucky. Want to play with me? You know, like Chucky. You mean like Chucky? Oh, yeah, just like Chucky. Dada. Look like we're both lucky. Yeah, the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. How you going to see him if you're living in the fog? Like Chucky. I was like trying to have like seances like Chucky. Right? Like, I, I was, like, out of my mind. I was drinking, I was smoking pot, and, like, I was angry at my mother, right? I wanted to call her up and tell her off, basically. I was like, you know what? I want to conjure up the ghost of my dead mother and tell that bitch off once and for all. 
So like, you know, like that was like those, those weird thoughts you get at like fucking 3 a.m. when you're staring out the window smoking a cigarette, you're high, you're drunk, and you're just like looking down an alley from your window and you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna light some candles and talk to some dead people. Like, you, you know, I was having like, uh, like that, you know? Like, uh, it sounds weird to say, but yeah, I was planning on doing a seance. Like, I was going to, like, get candles and, like, you know, like, the walls were talking to me. Like, not, like, I wasn't hearing voices, but, like, I was, like, paranoid. That's what happened. I had a fucking, like, um, paranoid, paranoid, everybody's coming to get me. I was paranoid, man. Like, I had this, like, I had this anxiety attack where I had to call an ambulance, right, because... I was all fucked up and I thought I was going to die. Like I, like, I was drifting in and out of consciousness while I was standing there. And like that never happened to me before. So I was like all worried. Like, oh, am I going to fall and crack my head and die? Like some fucking washed up, lazy, low down, shiftless, good for nothing, fucking has-been actor. Like die in a pool of my own vomit. Like I, I'm, I was like wavering back and forth. Like I was, I'd been fucked up for days at that point, right? And I was just standing there in my apartment smoking a cigarette. And I was like, and like, my life was like flashing before my eyes, right? I'm like, I'm going to fucking die. This is how it all ends. This is how it ends, right? I was like standing there, right? So I call the, I get on the phone. I call 911, right? It's like, hi, 911. What's your emergency? I'm like, I'm having a fucking seizure. I'm having a fucking seizure. Send an ambulance. And they're like, okay, just calm down. What's your address? I'm like, 40 Oak Street, motherfucker. Just show up, show up. I'm dying, I'm dying. And then like um, the ambulance came and they took me to the hospital and they took my blood pressure and they fucking put all those little electrodes on me and shit. And they're like, hang in there, son. You're going to make it. And then like, turned out like the doctor looked at me and he said, you need, not, you need to stop drinking. Like you're fucking paranoid. And that's what they put on my little demissal dismissal slip you know like the little dismissal slip they give you when like uh you know you get sent home from school for being a fucking asshole your teacher's like get out of my classroom and they give you a little dismissal slip like that's what i got my little dismissal slip from the hospital and it said patient or outpatient jonathan james ramcharan ailment paranoia due to over intoxication <laughs> I was like, ah, fuck you. And then I went home and I smoked more weed and got drunk more. Isn't that insane? It was like, I don't give a fuck about y'all niggas. Like, what, what are you saying? I'm paranoid. I was like, you calling me paranoid? I'm not paranoid. I'll show you. I'm really going to die. Then I go home and I drink more alcohol and get more stoned. So I was living in that tumultuous world. And, um... You know, can't even remember half the things I said today here. I'm just trying to make sense of it all myself. One year sober today, never thought I could do it. You know, I'd, I'd never been more than um, fucking, I'd, I'd never been more than like a week sober up until this, my one year of sobriety today. And when I came into the, the meetings and the rooms, I was fucking shaking like a leaf, man. I had the jitters like a motherfucker. I uh, I was like laughing like hysterically like there was a joke in my head. Um, <laughs> it's not even a joke, but it just struck me as funny. Um, there's a comedian that I personally don't like, and um, <laughs> and um, I had this joke in my head. I'm not gonna say the person's name, but like 
I just kept on saying like, um, happy 50th, so-and-so, right? And I just kept on saying that, right? And I was like laughing hysterically, right? Because like, I was like contemplating like my own moral mortality and birthdays and shit. Because like, I, I, like it was just my birthday too. My birthday had just passed at that point. And I was just like laughing hysterically. Happy birthday, so-and-so. <laughs> happy 50th. Happy fifth, like imagine like, I don't know, tell me if you guys think this is funny. This was just one of my delusions at the time. Yeah, like I was shaking like a motherfucker. I had the DTs, well, I had the jitters and I was like laughing and like imagine somebody who's like 35 years old and then you, everybody wishes them a happy birthday, but it's, they wish them a happy 50th. So they're really like 35, 36 years old. But then everyone's like, happy birthday, happy 50th, so-and-so. <laughs> I don't know. That was just so funny to me. And I'm like, happy 50th. Da, da, da. And I'm like walking down the street laughing my head off. And people are like, what's so funny? I'm like, don't you get it? Happy 50th, so-and-so. <laughs> so and I'm, I'm going to my meeting and I'm all fucking sweating i had the beer sweats i'm chain smoking cigarettes outside the fucking meeting i drank a gatorade um fucking you know like i was in rough shape and uh by the grace of god i got into the programs i got into the meetings uh sorry the program is more of like a spiritual program more of a personal journey it's kind of up to you if you want to grasp that and follow the readings so that's the program. It's not really like a institution or anything. And I go to these meetings and I'm a part of a fellowship. And slowly but surely, I got sober over the last year. Um, and I did all sorts of craziness, man. Like, um, you know, I, um, fuck, I paid for sex, you know, because like I wanted what I wanted and I didn't care about decency, right? Like sometimes you'd be at a bar and you'd be hitting on a girl or something and you know, she rejects you, then it's like, okay, well, whatever, I'll pay for it then, <laughs> you know, I'm a comic, that's what my friends do, like, that's not what my friends do, but, like, that's what my heroes did, rather, you know, that's what my heroes did, and, um, you know, what is, that's, I was in this really ill place where it's just, like, I had so much contempt for society where it's, like, you know, my whole thing was I wanted to be creative and artistic like my heroes, and that's also just a masking for wanting to do whatever the hell you want. It's a great excuse for getting high and drunk. But um, I really had contempt where it's like, you know, I want what I want and I'm going to do it regardless. You know, and I remember one time, uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was out trying to get some ass and uh, I couldn't get any. So then I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll pay for it. So then I go down to Hooker Harvey's, which is a Harvey's hamburger restaurant in Toronto, Canada. Everybody knows Hooker Harvey's. So I'm down there, right? And I go up to this chick and I'm having a smoke. Right? I'm like, uh, hey there, honey. <clears throat> yeah, what can, what can you do for 60 bucks? And she goes, excuse me? I ain't gonna do nothing for 60 bucks, motherfucker, okay? What do you think this is? If you wanna fucking do that shit, why don't you get yourself a crack whore? You know, why don't you go down there and get yourself a crack whore for 20 bucks, motherfucker. 60 bucks ain't doing shit around here. I'm like, right on. Thank you for the tip. So then I go down the street and I get a fucking blowjob for 20 bucks from a crackhead. 
Why? Because I want what I want, and I want to do what I want to do, and I want to be crazy like my heroes, man. All my heroes, you know, did fucked up things in the name of comedy, and really, probably just mental illness. But um, uh, I thought it was funny, you know, and I told my friend. I, I had no shame about it. I, I to this day, I really don't because, like, I mean, it was wrong because that's not how I want to be. That's not how I find my common decency, what's good for me, my level of who I am. But it was just a dark thing that I did at a time. And, you know, it takes two to tango, you know. You know, if you're going to pay for sex or if you're going to sell yourself for sex, you're really the same person. So it takes two to tango and um, whatever. That's what I did. I paid for it, you know, on a couple occasions just to have the story, really, <laughs> you know. And turns out the joke was really on me. Like, But the great thing was, you know, my higher power kept me safe. I could have been arrested. I could have caught a STD. Nothing happened. And, um, you know, that was just a hectic life I was leading, right? I, um, I told you I lived in a men's shelter. I, uh, all my acting and comedy shit just went down the drain. No friends, no family. I just I would just stay in my apartment, stare out the window, get drunk and high. And um, you know, I think you're getting a good example, a good um, cross section of what life was like for me at that time. I was pretty marginalized by my own doing. And um, you know, back to the art thing. Like, that might sound kind of nutty, like, oh, um, you know, you bought and paid for a hooker because you wanted to be an artist. Well, if you look at all the great performers out there, men and women who create music, art, whatever, there's a, there's a thorough underline of, um, you know, alcoholism, drug use, psychedelics, stuff like that. And I don't agree with it. And it's actually, I think it actually deadens your creativity. It makes you dependent on things that aren't real, whereas whatever is good about you is inherently there, right? And, you know, I was just misguided. And that's not an excuse for my actions. And, you know, like, um, you know, I, and that doesn't make me an alcoholic, you know. What makes me an alcoholic is the two-part uh, condition that I have. Um, I have an allergic reaction to alcohol. When I take a drink, I break out in a craving. and I can't say when I'm going to stop. And number two, I have a mental obsession. So that's what makes me an alcoholic. All that other shit was just icing on the cake and excuses for me to continue drinking and doing what I did. And it was also an excuse for me to feel like I was some type of an artiste because, yeah, man, I don't care about society, you know. I'm like Henry Miller. I'm like Charles Bukowski. You can die in the gutter. You can do whatever you want. Life's just a bubble. We're all living the societal dream, you know. But realistically, I was just a fucking wacko. And, um, you know, I would... My only thing is to say to anyone out there who, um, you know, can relate to that kind of abuse that you inflict on yourself and others because of your condition in the name of the greater glory of fucking art, 
that is pretty much a scam. It's a sham. Like, you know, there's nothing behind it. You know what I mean? Jimi Hendrix was Jimi Hendrix without the fucking drugs. Like, here's the thing about music. I play bass guitar. I've been playing for, um, you know, 15, 16 years now. And I got to a certain point, and then I said, you know what, it's too hard. Or it's, you know, I'm not really seeing the progress, so then I stopped kind of playing, or I just get drunk and jam here and there. I never really put any effort into it. And since I've been sober, I've been sitting down, working on shit, learning chords, learning theory, and then all of a sudden you start to see um, progress, and then it's like, yeah, it can be done. It can, it's yours to lose. And that's what I'm talking about with Jimmy there. It's like he had obviously something in him. He had a musical IQ or whatever you want to call it in him where it's like he heard the music, he felt the music, he had a great ear for music. But the technicality of learning to play a guitar, that can only be done through practice. You can't just pick up a guitar and all of a sudden know how to use it. It's just a tool. You have to learn how to use the tool. You know, it's a piece of wood with some strings. You got to learn how to make it bend and play. And you have to, it's a physical thing you have to learn to do. It's a tool. It's a skill. So that's what I mean. It's like whatever was in him was in him. And it had nothing to do with the drugs and the alcohol. He was already gifted in that way. Sure, the drugs and alcohol might have enhanced this and that or any famous um, performer, you know, uh, you know, the Janis Joplins, the Kurt Cobains, the whoever, like whatever was in them that was good was already there. Sure, the alcohol and the whatever, you know, loosened it up or whatever, but it also destroyed them inevitably, right? So, I don't know. I, I would have rather seen a clean and sober Jimmy, maybe. Or a clean and sober Janice or Kurt, talking like I know them. But in a lot of ways, I do. It's kind of fucked up, man. Few people really understand. I talk about it all the time. Not I, but well, I talk about it in my group discussions that I go to, like, yeah, it's, it's a certain type of, a lot of people that don't truly understand the grips of addiction. It's not a matter of just, oh, I, I just don't want to stop and I'm stubborn. Like, when you're mentally obsessed with something, that's like hundreds of years ago, you know, they would have locked a guy like me up. Like, yeah, I used to, I fucking pulled my dick out in front of a cop and pissed on an ATM once, you know? I was wandering down. This is what I was, like I told you, like I had contempt for society. I thought people were just a bunch of yuppie, straight walking fucking company men, you fucking box cutter square. And like I'd be walking down um, Queen Street West, Toronto, Canada, and I'm looking at all these fucking yuppie yuptards and they're walking around in their little boots and they're trying to be cute and shit, right? I'm fucking angry and I'm drunk and I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, look at these fucking idiots, right? Let me show them something. So I whipped my cock out and I started pissing on a Scotia Bank. ATM, right? I'm pissing on this ATM machine, right? This cop comes around the corner, right? He's like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, you, stop! In the name of the law, pull your cock back in your pants. And I'm like, fuck you. And I kept on pissing on the fucking ATM, right? And then he's like, you know, finally I zipped up. <laughs> and then, like, he's like, why'd you do that? And I'm like, ah, I'm a comic, and I thought it was funny, and, you know, whatever. And I tried to, like, you know, I tried to, like, you know, wine and dine him so to speak, right, and he kind of found it interesting that I was a comic, but then he's like, whatever, buddy, you know, you should have went around the corner and pissed in the alley, I'm like, ah, fuck it, I don't have time for that shit, and he gave me a ticket for public urination, 
And um, I forget what my point was about that, but like the contempt for society. And um, yeah, like that's just how I was. And that's how, um, you know, you can find yourself if you, whatever. Oh yeah, like I'm saying, like um, alcoholism is like, people don't understand it as a matter of just, um, oh, you can't stop or oh, there's something like, you know, like the illness of it, the mental obsession of it, and like just the illness of it. Like that's fucking, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm really, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Imagine how that would have played out if we went to court with that one, you know? See, Judge, what you don't understand is, um, <laughs> can I talk to you for a moment, Judge? Yeah, come here for a second. I got to talk to you. See, Judge, here's the thing. You don't understand the full scope of alcoholism. See, the thing is, when you are an alcoholic, you are mentally obsessed with alcohol. So if I got to pull my cock out and piss on an ATM, that's not really my fault. It's the fault of the disease. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Mr. Ramcharan. You are acquitted. And, you know, he, and he hits the fucking thing, the gavel down. Acquitted. And everyone's like, yeah. And I, I walk out and I put up the fucking peace sign. It's like... Jonathan Ramtram, acquitted of first-degree pissing. <laughs> Whatever, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is I'm a human being, and I fuck up, and I make mistakes, and, you know, a lot of my problems in life were exacerbated by my condition. And um, I'm one year sober today. One year sober, man. And that feels so good. And, you know, I'm making podcast, making a podcast to go on with my life, and go on with my creativity and, you know, try to be a better human being. Um, trying to speak from the heart. Trying to fucking make sense of it all, you know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of people in my recovery that they look up to me and they say I'm doing really good. And I feel like I am, but as I speak here, I feel like a little kid. Like, it's, you know, just like explaining how I used to jerk off in men's shelters, piss on ATMs, pay for escorts, uh, smoke pot and drink around the clock, uh, live in a men's shelter, you know, hand out newspapers on the corner, you know, fucking all the fucked up things I did in alcoholism, right? You know? But um, I'm... You know, I'm a different man today, for sure. And, um, you know, I've been, you know what, it really, you know, uh, as I was talking about all that creativity stuff, you know, I've been an actor for 16, wait, going on, no, for, uh, yeah, for 16 years. Wait, no, for for uh, 17 years I've been an actor, right? Started, is that 17 years? Yeah, 17 years, because I started when, I'm four, when I was 14, and I'm 31 now. So for 17, that's 17 years, right? I'm not, I'm not that stupid, am I? Uh, yeah, 15, 16, 17, yeah, 17 years I've been an actor, and uh, nine years I've been a stand-up comic, and all that time I was always looking for creativity and expression, and, um, you know, as I'm doing this podcast and as I'm reminiscing on my past and all my little exploits and my little hiccups, like, I didn't realize that's what was kind of the stumbling block because it's like all these, like as a performer, especially as a comic, because like as an actor, 
the truth is if you want to be a successful actor, just on the business end, you got to be willing to produce work that people will pay for. Meaning you got to put aside your artistic um, endeavors and your, your ego and truly serve the project, right? If you could do that, then you're one step closer to being a successful actor, right? So that's why I had problems. I had like my ego and I had my, you know, I, I wasn't willing to do all the dirty work of being an actor, which is just getting out there and getting those auditions, um, doing the classes, really, well, I was committed because I, I studied and I trained, but I wasn't willing to kiss ass. And it's not even really kissing ass. It's just working, work ethic. And you got to go out there and audition and, lend, and give your talents and your creativity to the project. Meaning, yes, you want to find yourself within the character or whatever, but you, you, can't, try to, you can't try to run things. You got to serve the project, right? You know? And a lot of times you got to do work that you don't find inspiring, but hey, it's work and you can try to find yourself within it and try to serve the project. Whereas as a comic, it's all about you. You know, the, the closer you are to revealing yourself, the more successful you are as a comic. And I was on this stumbling block of creativity where it's like all this craziness was happening. It's like I'm fucking drunk and high around the clock. I'm living in men's shelters. I'm jacking off. I'm fucking pissing on ATMs. I'm paying for escorts. I'm, you know, I'm doing all this crazy shit. And how do I explain it? You know what I mean? Like, how do I talk about it? Where do I begin? You know, it's like, okay, you got five minutes. <laughs> All right, coming up to the stage uh, for the next five minutes, Mr. Jonathan Ramcharan. <laughs> hey, kids, so I pay for sex with escorts, and I'm a fucking lousy, low-down, shiftless, good-by-nothing, lazy, mangy, fucking hack comic. Um, I got my wallet stolen by a hooker, a pissed on an ATM. Like, how do you get this shit? Like, how do you funnel it? How do you present it? And what have I learned? You know, I feel like Super Tramp there. There's times when world's asleep, you know, the secrets that we keep. Or what was he say? There's times when all the world's asleep. I know, uh, what does he say? Yeah. Sorry here, I'm, I forgot the quote for a moment. But, you know, remember that Supertramp song? The logical song? There's times when all the world's asleep. The secrets run so deep for such a simple man. Please tell me what we've learned. I know it sounds absurd, but won't you tell me who I am? The lyrics are something like that. And it's like that, man. It's like, I didn't know what the fuck to make of any of it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what to make of it. All those things were just happening to me and I didn't know what to say or to do and how to explain it to. And then when you talk to your friends, you know, you love your friends, but they don't know fuck all. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, sometimes people really just don't know. It's like you're going through this fucking crisis. You're mentally upset. Like, I fuck, like, I can't say it enough. When you are mentally obsessed with, a, with an addiction, that's really all you think about. Imagine when you wake up, you're like, gee, I wish I was drunk. You go to take a piss. Man, wish I was drunk. Going to work. Wish I was drunk. Yeah, you know what? Fuck work. I'm going to go home and get drunk. Then you get drunk. Then you wake up and you live the same day the next day. It's all about getting drunk. And then you try to, you know, you talk to people. You're like, yeah, I'm having problems. I'm always drunk. And they say, why don't you calm down and stop getting drunk, you stupid drunk? It's like, I can't. Won't you tell me who I am? Who I am? Who I am? The saxophone, then a saxophone comes out. 
You know? I don't know who I am. You know? You thought you are going to be fucking Marlon Brando, so you got drunk and paid for escorts. Hmm? Is that what happened? You thought you were going to be Jimi Hendrix, so you took E in a men's shelter with your four best buddies that you just met the past weekend? Chain smoke cigarettes? Huh? Huh? Thought you were going to be Patrick Swayze, huh? Took a couple dance lessons, smoked pot every fucking day. Hmm? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, so you thought you were going to be fucking Jennifer Lopez, huh? Is that what you thought? It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram reporting live for duty on November 11th, 2017. I'm one year sober today. Thank you for tuning in to Jonathan Ramtram, the podcast. And I hope that I can be of service and also of comedic value and also just a fucking human being. Thank you for listening and um, good day. <laughs>